Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jason, and this is the WHYY Education Podcast. The coronavirus pandemic has left most businesses broken, yet there are a few fields thriving in our current situation. One such field is video conferencing, a conference in which participants across the world are able to communicate using audio and video. More and more workplaces, schools, and events have been turning to video conferencing due to quarantines and prevention of face-to-face contact across the world. Because of this, previously small companies in this field have become large corporations. The biggest of these companies is Zoom, a multi-billion dollar business that you may not have heard of before 2020. Zoom's recent success has put its founder and CEO, Eric Yuan, at number 85 on Bloomberg's richest persons list. Although Zoom dominates the market, other tech giants such as Google and Microsoft provide many video conferencing alternatives. After seeing the massive success of Zoom and other video conferencing applications, I wanted to know more about how they were able to achieve their status. I spoke with Professor Carl Ulrich at the Wharton School of UPenn to learn more about creativity and innovations these programs brought to the market. We started off talking about the definition of innovation and what it meant to innovate. I define innovation as a new match between a solution and a need. So. Most innovation is pulled from the need. You start with the need and then you go create some solution in response to that need. But some innovation is is pushed from the solution. So for example, the blockchain, which is a technology associated with the new cryptocurrencies, that's sort of a technology in search of a need, in search of a problem. And so in that case, the innovation would start with the solution and then go find some application where the blockchain might be useful, say, in tracking vaccines. Zoom was founded by Eric Yuan, an entrepreneur, and since he already had experience in video conferencing, he knew how to make an app people would enjoy. Mr. Ulrich and I discussed what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurship is uh, creating an enterprise to achieve your goals. And so typically entrepreneurs have some objective. It's it's very rarely to make money. Usually making money is ancillary to their goals. So it might be that they wanna pursue a passion, that they wanna create a new product or service, that they wanna solve some problem in society. There's usually some goal other than making money and then entrepreneurs create a new enterprise to achieve those goals. And in order to be sustainable, they have to, in order for that enterprise to be sustainable, it has to have a business model that generates enough cash that it can sustain itself. And so making money is usually a a side benefit of creating the enterprise to, to solve some problem. Virtual life has resulted in the surge of many video conferencing applications. And although many people began video conferencing on Zoom, the history of video conferencing began long before the pandemic. Mr. Ulrich described the early beginnings of video conferencing with AT&T's picture phone. You know, in the in the 1950s or 1960s, AT&T created something called the picture phone, and they actually tried to commercialize it and they couldn't get anybody to adopt it. And for a long time people said yeah it's because people don't want to see each other when they're talking on the phone and the picture phone failed 
That turned out to be just really wrong. It turns out people do want to see each other. They just want it to be really easy to, to see each other and have it just work and be a very high quality. So when the first video conferencing apps came out, let's say Skype, for instance, you know, 15 years ago, they were used pretty widely. And, and I, I would say most people had used Skype at some point. Um, but if you think about it, it, I would say people who tried to use Skype professionally and, and other kinds of video conferencing apps, probably 30% of the time you would try to use it and something would go wrong. So you'd have some meeting, you know, some meeting, video conferencing meeting, 30% of the time it just wouldn't work. Now imagine a product in which it doesn't work 30% of the time. You just wouldn't put up with that. So the huge insight around Zoom was, the, the growth of Zoom was just, wow, Zoom actually works. So now 95% of the time when you click on that link, it just works and you can ha have your meeting. And so <clears throat> I think that was really the big breakthrough was just making video conferencing good enough that it could just be relied on to work most of the time, much like making a, a phone call. Knowing which products to develop and invest in is integral knowledge, and Zoom wouldn't be anywhere today without its investors and supporters. As someone who has developed many successful products, Mr. Ulrich shared his information on which projects he chooses to pursue. I'd say 90% of the time, my projects have been in response to a personal interest. So something that I just was interested in. So for example, the kick scooter was in response to an interest in personal transportation. Uh, TerraPass was a, a, a company I started in response to a desire to have a more positive environmental impact. My ice cream scoop, Bellevue Kitchen, the kitchen products for Bellevue, I got interested in, I'm very interested in ice cream and in ice cream scoops and, and cooking, and I saw a need for a better scoop. Uh, so uh, most of my businesses have been in response to my own personal passion and problems that I encountered in my own life. The COVID pandemic has changed every aspect of life, from leisure to labor, for the better or for the worse. Mr. Ulrich explained how innovation in businesses like Zoom worked before and how it has changed after the start of the pandemic. One of the really interesting things about the pandemic is it's forced us to do things that we wouldn't, we were reluctant to try. So for instance, re remote work, there had been conventional wisdom in entrepreneurship and in venture capital that startup teams had to be co-located and that investors had to be within a, say an hour drive of the companies they invested in. And when the pandemic was thrust on us, we all started working remotely and we could never get together physically with investors or with partners. And we found we could manage pretty well. And so that really enabled a different way of working in which we can have geographically distributed teams, which offers a bunch of advantages. And investors and startups could connect across greater geographic regions than before. So I think you know, the pandemic has been really a blessing in disguise in some ways because it's forced us to learn things that we were reluctant to learn. Like the workplace, schools and places of learning have changed drastically due to online and forced distance learning, with many choosing to use Zoom in our current pandemic. 
Mr. Ulrich, as a Wharton professor and as a father of a son in college, talked about his experiences with virtual education. You know, I have, uh, my oldest son is currently an MBA student and he started his first semester just this past fall, right during uh, COVID. So I got to see this from both sides, both as an instructor and through my son as a, as a student. And, you know, he never knew any other aspect of the experience, but he found that the educational component, that is the classroom learning part of the experience, was really enjoyable and really efficient uh, in the remote in, in the remote world. And and I would agree. It's it's just you have a lot more flexibility in terms of how you teach, in terms of where the students can be, where the instructor can be, and the technologies you can use to communicate when you're when you're disconnected from the requirement to be in the same time and place in a classroom. So that's been super positive. I think what we've realized is that that's a, actually a small portion of the reason that people go to an MBA program or go to college. And the other key elements of that experience are the social community, the professional and personal network you develop while going to school that's actually much harder in, in a remote in a remote setting. And so that sense of community and activities and social life that are associated with going away to school, I think we really miss that. But the actual educational component is really very good online. I've been impressed with how good it is online. Speaking with Mr. Ulrich helped me to understand that Zoom's success was a multifaceted achievement. It's creation by an innovative entrepreneur, Eric Yuan, who already had experience working in the field, knew what the market needed. Its time of public release in 2019 gave consumers enough time to trust Zoom as a reliable application, and its integral role in society during the pandemic for virtual workplaces, schools, and events have helped it reach the top. Zoom helped fill a gap in the video conferencing market because at its core, Zoom was a response to a problem, just as all products are. I'm Jason, and thank you for listening to the WHYY Education Podcast.